Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito. And I am Maggie Robinson. And this is a podcast with with no no agenda. We would love if you guys would subscribe to the podcast and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook, so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast. And Maggie? You can reach us at our email address, louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. We have another episode ahead of us, and um, just as a heads up, we are recording this intro actually after we talk to the guest um, because this recording was over Zoom. It is with my best friend from high school, Jessica Snyder, and or Jessica Mars Snyder, and I did just want to go ahead and let everyone know we do talk about some sensitive topics in terms of Um, her mom had passed away from cancer. So we talk about that and how it impacted Jessica and some decisions that she made. So just a heads up, it is a little bit longer because she's my best friend and she's known me for 25 years, but just wanted to let everybody know that. So Maggie. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Here we go again. All right, everybody, our opening segment, we're going to do some reviews. All right. So told everyone that I... Went ahead and bought the Olive and June nail polish kit. Here's my honest review. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just give everybody a few key points. Okay. I don't know much about Olive and June. So you order it and you get to pick six nail colors. Okay. If you buy the kit, it's like $80. Six nail colors, a cuticle conditioner, a little pot to take your nail polish off, like the nail polish removers in that little pot, you know, a nail file and clippers. So it's like in a box. Okay. Now I will say that when I was navigating the website to choose my colors, it was a little confusing because while you're trying to put the colors in the bag, it's hard to see the colors. Like once you click on a color, it automatically adds it to your bag. So unless it's, it could be user error, but I texted my sister who everybody knows is way smarter than me. And she told me that she had to just go and look at the colors individually, write them down and then add them to her back. Okay. And they're kind of like different names. Like I think some of them are initials for friends. So I think this is a female business. And so some of the colors she's like, oh, it's, you know, my friend Maggie Robinson. So the color is MR. Yeah, I do know that it's a female-owned business because I saw someone post about it on International Women's Day. Okay, yeah. So so she does a video of, you know, what you really need to do. And so here's my tips and tricks to get it to stay on. First of all, the colors to me are awesome. So Their nails look good. They look good. Okay, so I did this Friday. We're recording on a Wednesday. And I could probably make it last another four or five days, the key to making it last is to put on the top coat every couple of days. Okay. So, so reinforce at it. first I was turned off by that and I didn't do that in my first go round mm-hmm. and, and it did start to chip a little bit. Okay. So she really says, basically you take your nail polish off or you go, you, I don't I think even if you don't have nail polish on, you want to remove all of the oil on your nails, okay. buff and dip them back in there again before you start polishing. 
Into the remover. Nail polish remover. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then you paint, and they recommend like five minutes in between coats. No. Okay. So I do like two. And so I do three coats, the top coat, and the dry drops. And they look, I, I mean, like, I've never had my nails look this good by myself. Dry drops is the top coat? The top coat, and then the dry drops are extra. They're $8. Highly recommend getting the dry drop. It makes it dry and seals everything in? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I feel like, so it's, it's like a weird, it's like oily. So I feel like it's good for your cuticles, but it's weird when you put it, you're like, wait, this oil is going to dry the nail polish? It's mm. kind of weird. So then my sister told me, she goes, you need to do the top, you really need to do the top coat every two to three days. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to have to like do that and wait 20 minutes to dry or use the dry drops again. And it's like a tiny bottle of dry drops. You do not need to do that. I don't know what it is. The top coat, once your nails are completely dry and after a couple of days, the top coat dries in like two minutes, like dries, dries, not sticky, like back to where you can be like, anybody can hear me. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, I feel like, you know, if you want to do your manicures at home, if you feel like, I just think the nail polish looks like a manicure quality nail polish. Mm-hmm. I mean, OPI, I know you can buy that too, but I don't know. This is just, it's like thick. Props to your filing job though, because I mean, that nail shape is on fleek. I know. <laughs> That's not even, people don't even say that anymore, but I, they look good. I know. I like looked at them. I stared at them. I was like, I am impressed with myself. That should be my proud of myself moment. I actually yes. do my nails. Okay. Moving on to our next review. Viore. Remember when I talked about the joggers, Maggie, and you said they sounded bougie? Oh, yeah. That name. They're bougie. Wor- they're but, worth it. Uh, life-changing. Courtney Bush, you were right. What, what about them? Though? They just feel... Because aren't they like spendy spend? Like, well, they're like $80. They're like a Lulu so, price point. Here's the thing. I've worn them every weekend to every outing. So you feel kind of put together, but they are so comfortable and so flattering. Okay, what is the um, the waistband? Because I, I do, it's not scrunchy, is it? Meaning it's a flat panel waistband. It's scrunchy. Oh, see, that's a deal breaker for me. Why? I just don't like elastic cinched anything. I think that's what it is, but I don't know. It makes me look good. Huh. I want it to be flat, like like a yoga pant where it's a flat panel. I don't want that scrunchy. Okay, well then no, then don't get these. I'm just telling the audience that really I put them on my little Sosis sneakers uh-huh. and a little cute top and I I could wear that to a crawfish boil. Okay. But also, what was better than the joggers? So I bought a pair of like gray gym shorts, not to actually wear to the gym, but to wear over my bathing suit or when it gets hot outside. I don't feel like I have a cute pair of gym shorts. Those gray gym shorts are almost better than the joggers. Hmm. So I wore those at the beach for the bachelorette party with a Lulu top. So yeah, I was bougie. <laughs> now, I don't know if the mirrors in the condo were flattering, but they I, I felt I felt very confident in those shorts. Hey, there you go. And they go with everything. I don't know. So thank you, Courtney Bush, for making me buy those. Good recommendation. Um, and then I need help bathing suit shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie knows. You're very good at it. I just don't know if you've had a whole lot of success. I've had zero, zero <laughs> success. Actually, Emily Klein did send me a link for a one piece from Aerie, and I think I'm going to keep those. I really do like them. My other one pieces from Amazon, they're like a thick material. 
if that makes any sense. And you don't like that? I don't know. I don't know what. I really don't know. I want a high-waisted bathing suit that covers my bootay. Do they make those? Yeah, I think so. Where can I find them? I've had some luck at Target. Okay. So, when Rachel and I went to Target, I almost bought one of their bathing suits. But probably in the women's section of the swimsuit because I feel like there's like a junior. It's not juniors, Mm -hmm. but. That's where I. That's where you found it and it covered your booty? And it was Mm high-waisted? So, I got one from Amazon and it's high-waisted, covers my booty, but it's like a low cut. Like, it's not a high cut. So, it looked kind of like. Grannyish is the best way I can put it. Like, it'd be a good one for me to wear to the river when we're on the boat. But, um, okay, so I forgot about Target. Um, I thought I ordered one from Target now that I think about it, but apparently I, I haven't did. looked this year, though. So Well, when Rachel and I were there, they had some cute ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will take a look. Maggie, do you have any suggestions? I kind of I have this one swimsuit that I got from TJ Maxx. And you just love it? I love it. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I just don't. I I don't know that I'll ever go back to two pieces. I love my one piece. Well, I like a one piece, too. And that's what I like about this one piece from Aerie. Like, it's really cute. And it's. But my TJ Maxx one's probably, like, getting closer to dry riding. Because I think I've had it for, like, three or four years. Is that the one? No, that was an Amazon buy. Yeah. I mean, I have eight bathing suits at my house right now, and, like, one of them works. The rest are going back. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to need to replace it. But I'm, I, I plan to buy one in Aerie when it goes on sale. It's a one-piece. It's got the wrap. Yeah. Is that the one that you're going to get? That's the one I bought. That's the one I'm going to get. Okay. Well, now I feel kind of stylish. Yeah. I mean, okay. My Just, friend Miranda has that one, and it's really cute. And she says it's real comfortable because, like. You can put the straps on or take yeah, them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we're going to just, I might just go with that one. And if I stumble upon, you know. You have it already? Uh-huh. Okay. It's at my house. I ordered two of them. One was on sale. One was not. Yeah. That's, it's I just, think I'm just going to do that. I really like they're them. They're just chilling in my cart until they go on the one I want. Oh, nice sale. strategy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then I might, but I mean, really, I'm like, how many bathing suits do I need? You don't. I don't need a lot, need a lot of You need like suits. one that you love. I do have this green one from Amazon that I actually really like. I just haven't worn it that much. So I think I'm going to try to wear that one when we go to the beach. We well, actually probably need about two or three for your beach trip. Yeah. Because you don't want to put on a wet bathing No. Suit. You really do need one for every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then. Maggie, do you want to talk about your anniversary? Yeah, we can talk about my anniversary. Um, me and Erin made five years on the 26th, and we had plans to go to Asheville, North Carolina, and the forecast was not good, rain every day, and we just really didn't want to drive 10 hours to when all our plans were to be outside. So we're kind of like researching on stuff to do, and of all places, he's like, well, why don't we just go to New Orleans? And... He does not like New Orleans, typically. Mm-hmm. Tries to stay. I mean, he likes his little walker bubble. We don't We don't drive to the city very often. But um, we booked a cute little bed and breakfast um, on Esplanade. If you know New Orleans, that's yeah. a pretty, I don't know, popular road. But we were a mile and a half from City Park. So we just got to relax. And we ate at this really awesome restaurant. And then we went and sit, sat by the river and watched the sunset. It was really, I don't know. It was it was chill. It you was are so cute. Yeah. Aaron, when are you coming on Louisiana Ladies as a Louisiana lad? You know, he asked me from time to time. He's like, so when am I going to have my podcast debut? He's been listening. Yeah. So, um, so that was five years, right? Did you say that? Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, congratulations. Um, I'm coming up on my 15-year anniversary this year. It flies, doesn't it? Holy. I've been with Patrick for more than half of my life at this point. Which is crazy. Which one means we're old. I mean, that's really what that means. Okay. So, the word of the episode. Word of the episode. Word up. Maggie, you can take this one. (laughs) This one was inspired by Aaron. (laughs) I said, do you have a word word for the episode? He said, highfalutin. (laughs) It's pretentious and fancy. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's a funny word. I do. Highfalutin. And like, it looks like you can spell it more than one way. Which is confusing. Yes. So anyway, that's, I kind of like that word. That's a good word. Okay. Our shout out. Shout outs is to our dads. Oh, our deities. Yes. (laughs) So both of our dads in the same week had to have, I mean, different types of surgery, but still go under anesthesia and... You know, um, I'm close to my dad. I'm close to my mom, too, but I am close to my dad. And so when Maggie told me her dad was going through something, you know, we were like, come on, dads, pull yeah. through. So um, how's your dad doing? My dad's doing better. He, okay. The swelling has gone down. He ha- he had a cyst that he had to get removed out of his jaw, and it was really scary. <laughs> but he, you know, I think he's ready to, he said I could crush a hamburger. <laughs> Which is the same way I would be if I couldn't eat anything. Yeah. So is he still not able to eat? <laughs> He's eating soft. Okay. A soft diet. Okay. Um, yeah. So my dad had to have a pacemaker put in. And it is, to me, crazy that it took only an hour yeah. to get the pacemaker in. And dad told me that the um, manufacturer, like the rep, was in the surgery. So the person was in there, like, telling the doctors how to... I don't know, hook it up. I might be saying that wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. This device that he now has in him. It's weird. That's super techy and has an app. It has an app on an iPhone. Crazy. Crazy. It's nuts. So anyway, dads, we love y'all. I'm interested to know, like, does he start to feel weird and he goes and looks at it? And- so he's going back to the doctor this week and I guess he'll get more information. But I've been talking to him. He's just been sore too. And then something with his, he can hear his pulse, which sucks. I keep kept trying to explain that to Patrick, and Patrick was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I feel like it's just, you can tell that your heart's beating, but you can hear it or something. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. So he's hoping when he goes back to the doctor that they'll, you know, be able to fix that. Yeah, I feel like you need a lesson on yeah. your pacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then before we have a very special announcement, proud of myself moment. And this is only, I don't know if everybody's going to love this, but... I moved into that new house, and I really wanted to find just the three-mile running route when I felt like going for a run, but I'm terrible at maps. I tried to use, like, map my run, and, like, you know, I don't know how to use it, and so I literally just looked at a map, and I kind of guesstimated and wound my way around the neighborhood, and when I got back to my house, I hit exactly three miles. Wow. Exactly. Like, 2.99, pulling up to the garage, 3.0. That's impressive. I don't know. You were channeling your Corey. I mean, apparently, yeah. I just, you know, channeled my inner Corey about how I could figure out three miles. Yeah. So, anyway. I was impressed when she said that she could, you know, basically map a run based on blocks. It's always longer than what you think. Like, if you look at a map, like, three miles is longer than what you think. A mile is longer than what you think. (laughs) Yeah. Coming from a, talking to a non-runner, I'm like, yeah, that's way long. So, um, okay, so let's go ahead and get into our giveaway. 
All right, so we are super excited that SoSis is sponsoring this episode. So SoSis is the boutique and really right not over far. The bridge. Yeah, over the bridge, really not far. And we had Chelsea and Annie Claire on in our first season um, to talk about their journey and adventure. And so not only are they sponsoring the episode, but they are letting us do a giveaway. So this giveaway includes a $100 gift card to SoSis. And guys, if you have not been to SoSis and if you have not you need to go to SoSis. They have the cutest clothes. Mm-hmm. I wear those little sneak. I wear that stuff that Annie Claire pulled for me all the time. And I always just feel so awesome. I wore my yummy leggings yesterday. And sometimes I misplace them. And I'm like, where are they? Oh, the yummy leggings? Also <laughs> life-changing. All right. So. But I really want to go get a bracelet stack. Well, okay. So they're also giving away a pair of Annie Claire design earrings. And I am telling you that I, she has such a talent Cutest jewelry. Yeah. Cutest jewelry. I got some gold earrings and they kind of had little, not dangles in the middle, but they were hoops and they've got, had some color accents. And I was like, how am I, what am I going to wear these with? Um, everything. everything. Yeah. Annie Claire knows what she's doing. Um, so this is actually going to launch on Wednesday, April 7th. So two days after this episode comes out, it will run for one week and we will close. God, Lainey, you're very exact. We will close at 11.59 on Wednesday, April 14th. So what's important is how do you enter? You will tag a friend in the comment on Instagram, right? Um, who you would like to go on a shopping spree with. And you can comment as many times as you would like. For a bonus entry, share the post to your story, and we're going to do that. So we will post directions, right, Annie, yeah. on Instagram as well, because we do know that some people are listening to this a couple of weeks after it comes out, but we do have to have a limit on how long we let it run for. That's why you have, need to follow us on social media so you can see. Exactly. So thank you, so sisters. We um, are so glad that we've connected with you guys, and we really appreciate this, and, you know, we kind of... So this popped into our mind because as we're thinking about partnering with businesses, you know, at first we were like, oh, let's tag Built Bar and let's tag Brooks. And I'm like, let's just, let's tag local entrepreneurs and local businesses, whether it's retail or some sort of service. You know, we had a um, Rachel Eggy one who was doing a discount for, for hair. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to do. So if anybody wants to partner with us, shout out to us. Yep. Let us know. <laughs> And now we're going to have our guest, Jessica Schneider, on. Um, Like I said before, she's been one of my best friends for about 25 years. And I hope you guys enjoy what she has to talk about. All right, Maggie, you ready for our guest? Yeah. Guest, are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So this week we have one of my nearest and dearest friends, truthfully, um, Jessica Mars Schneider. Uh, I'm just going to come out the gate and say that her nickname is Beatty, and we'll explain that in a second, but that is going to come out of my mouth. So um, Jessica and I have been friends for probably 25-ish years, uh, high school friends, and have stayed in touch, and she was in my wedding, I was in her wedding, and so we go way back, and Jessica knows way more about me than she probably ever really wants to. But anyway, Jessica, thank you so much for, for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, to the podcast. I'm a faithful listener since the get go. So, and, and just to let everyone know, so Jessica is part of that. When I, I referred to my high school best friends before on former 
podcast, prior podcast, and Jessica's part of that group. She is, they're very honest with me and also very supportive of the podcast. I couldn't ask for um, a better group of friends. So BD, let's just jump right into this. Um, so I feel like as I was thinking about what I was going to ask you today, that there's certain things about your life I don't think I know the answers to. Okay. <laughs> what, what could that be? Well, mainly your career path, right? And so let's start kind of from the, I don't want to say beginning of your life, but you were not always in Louisiana, in Baton Rouge, right? Right. So um, my dad's in oil and gas, so we moved around a bit. We were living in Texas, um, or they were living in Texas, I should say, and they um, had a chance to move to Saudi. And they did that with my brothers and um, had my sister while they were there. I'm the youngest of four. And um, after they had my sister, my mom said, I'm never having another baby over here. They moved back to Texas, had me move back to Saudi for about three years. We moved back to Texas again. (laughs) And when I was about seven, um, he had a job offer in Baton Rouge. And so we moved to Baton Rouge at that time and um, stayed there until he, he moved on to another job in California, but my mom stayed so I could finish out high school. You probably remember that. And um, cause I had a lot of parties during that time. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I returned to Texas to go to college at Texas A&M. So, so, but you came to St. Thomas more in like sixth grade, right? I did. So when we moved to Baton Rouge, there were not any spots available. We moved in the middle of the school year also. So um, they weren't letting they uh, John, my old second oldest brother did start in the middle of the school year, but my sister and I went to Villa Del Rey for 12 weeks or so. And then the next year um, I went to Wedgwood, I think in third, so third through fifth grade, I stayed at Wedgwood elementary and then went to St. Thomas more in sixth. Yeah, it's weird to me that like that was a part of your life I wasn't a part of. And I actually wasn't a part of your life in sixth through eighth grade either. We weren't really yeah. friends at St. Thomas More. I know. So weird. Were you friends with Patrick, my husband, at St. Thomas More? Yeah, I want to say that Patrick kind of did run with like my little group of friends. It was like, uh, gosh, Carly McCoy and Kate Allen. And I can't remember who Patrick was buddies with then, but. Rhett. Right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, we did. We did all kind of hang, go to the movies and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So then we really didn't know if this is funny because I really didn't know Patrick at, you know, um, St. Thomas More either. And then we ended up getting married, but um, okay. So we both ended up at the same high school. Right. Did you go there because that's where your siblings went? No. So my oldest brother went to Catholic high Um, and my second oldest brother, John couldn't get in or did not get in there. Um, as you guys know, they set it up so you can't apply to both or back then both the co-ed school and the boys or girls schools. Um, you have to interview for only one. You have to make a choice. Um, so since John didn't get in and, uh, my sister decided to go to Bishop Sullivan because he was there. So she did. Actually, I think my mom said, I'll never, I'll never let any of the rest of you go to Catholic high or St. Joseph's. So, and I actually, because I only had three years of Catholic education, I didn't even meet the requirements for St. Joseph's. So um, we knew that, that I was going to be not on a top tier of being accepted in the first place there. So even though all of my friends from St. Thomas More went there, um, I went to Bishop Sullivan. Yeah. So, and then I, and that's basically where we met for lack of better words. That's where we started hanging out freshman year in high school. Yes. I guess I should call it St. Michael's because 
It's no longer Bishop Sullivan. Yes. Our diploma has Bishop Sullivan on it. So I think that's appropriate. Yes. I think um, we had a mutual friend who was kind of a toxic friend. That is how we became friends and remained friends, but she kind of faded out. So. Well, she got kicked out of school. That's right. I forgot. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, person. But, um, no. So whenever, like, I think on our first, maybe our second podcast, and I said something how high school was not a great experience for me because of this toxic friend, even though she did actually, believe it or not, I feel like she kind of made me the assertive person I am today. Um, and Jessica was like, Missy, but like, we had so much fun in high school. I was like, oh no, it wasn't y'all, but Jessica's, when did your dad end up moving? He was just gone for my senior year. Okay kind of going back and forth. So, so we had, so Jessica had older siblings and I think Jared and I don't know if John went to LSU, but Jared went to LSU. Right. He was at LSU. Uh, John went to Southeastern for a couple of years and then decided that wasn't for him and ended up joining the air force, which was the best thing for him. You know, he met his wife who kind of became responsible and everything else. So, so I just want to let everybody know this. Jared Mars, Jessica's older brother. She knows where I'm going with this. Okay. He is hot, right? Like we all had such crushes on Jared, but more importantly, he was over 21. So he could buy all of us alcohol in high school. Sorry, mom and dad. That's why I went to Jessica's house a lot and they had a pool and we would just, you know, act, act a fool or whatever, like what you did in, in high school. So that's was, that was a lot of fun. Um, we kind of had a, gr- a group of girlfriends and I don't know, it was, it was fun, but Jessica decided to go to A&M. So what was your, just, I don't know if I ever asked you this whenever I just knew you were going to go to A&M, Texas A&M, what was your reasoning for going? I know. And you know, what's funny. It's like, I, n- I never remember having a conversation with y'all about why I was doing that. Um, I think at the time, you know, my, my parents knew my dad was on the short assignment in California and they were going to be in Houston after that. Um, so I knew that was happening. My sister was at AM, and, um, you know, although we had a bit of a volatile relationship in high school, um, we became very close. So I was thinking, you know, she's there, I'll be with her. Also felt this need to and it sounds kind of dumb to me now, but at the time I felt like I'm going to get out of town and go somewhere else and do something different. And it felt like everyone um, was going to LSU and that's what everybody knew. And, you know, I kind of regretted that when I was a freshman thinking, you know, I don't, I wish I had all my friends here and I knew, you know, I was still with them and I regretted kind of leaving that all behind. Um, But I got over that eventually as it became more of a home to me. But anyway, yeah, that's why I went to get out of town. I knew they had a good architecture program. Um, Yeah. But Jamie went there, right? Yeah. So Jamie was already there. So I was going to be, you know, with her um, also. And then I would be closer to my parents who were just going to be, you know, two hours, two and a half hours from college station. At that particular point in your life, what actually felt more like home? Was it, was it Baton Rouge or Texas? Because you'd been all over. Okay. So when people ask me where I'm from, I will say I grew up in Baton Rouge, but I've lived in Texas since college. That's fair. And I'm just now getting to the point in my life where I've like lived equal time in both places, but I just feel like that was where my upbringing was. So, um, you know, that's where I kind of grew into somewhat of adulthood. Um, and you know, the, the kind of, you know, people here, it's all rodeo and 
the Texan things. And uh, I didn't kind of have that influence as a kid. I had like Mardi Gras and the Cajun influence. So I guess that's why I kind of consider now I consider I'm kind of a half C. I don't have a home. <laughs> I mean, it's here now, but. Beatty, you're always welcome at our home. <laughs> well, it's strange too, because in college, I didn't really, you know, you would return to your parents' home and that was, I didn't have that. So I wasn't going back to Baton Rouge. I was going back to Baton Rouge to visit Missy and my other group of friends that were still there, but I, I kind of didn't have my home base. So Jessica, let's just, uh, just so that people don't get confused by names. So Jessica's, like she said, she's one of four, Jared, John, Jamie, Jessica. <laughs> day names. <laughs> they had a theme. Um, and so Jared, the oldest was at LSU and he swam and he even went to the Olympic trials a couple of times. Um, and you know, he was a swimmer. So clearly he has just a phenomenal body. <laughs> oh my gosh. Missy still to this day, people are like, Oh my, that's your brother. Oh, and you know, he's the oldest of us and people that don't know us think he's the youngest. I'm like, what? Oh, I'm sure that makes yes. you people thrilled. First of all, no, he's like almost 50. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's what, 46 now. Um, fun fact, he was on TLC's The Little Couple. He was the hot swim instructor. So if anybody happened to see that, um, you might recognize him. There was a lot of funny Facebook commentary and he's not on Facebook, but um, we gave him a hard time about it. <laughs> love that. Love the that. Triumphant return of the hot swim instructor. They actually posted that on The Little Couple's Facebook. <laughs> I'm sure he was flattered. So anyway, but he has a young kind of personality and stuff. But yeah, he he went to LSU. He he actually tried to go to Texas A&M. They didn't accept him for swimming. Um, LSU decided to uh, let him walk on to the swim team there. And um, he's arguably one of the best swimmers that's ever come out of that school. Um, he was uh, ranked worldwide, went to Olympic trials twice. Um, he kind of peaked at the wrong time. So he kind of peaked in between Olympics, but um it was a cool, very cool experience. And he still, he, he got a degree in mechanical engineering and has never worked in the field. Um, he went on to coach and train and do what he loves. So still doing that. Yeah. So your dad is a mechanical engineer or chemical? Mechanical. Mechanical. So Jessica's dad is a, I'd say he's got, got some classic engineering characteristics. Um, I'll never forget he was pretty adamant about y'all keeping your room clean in high school. And one time we, one time we went back there, like in the afternoon, I'm not sure why we were at your house or whatever. And Jessica walks into her room and it's spotless. Okay. Spotless. And Jessica, don't take this the wrong way. I don't think you were like the neatest of people. I'm not, I'm willing to admit it. And so she's like, so I'm like, wow, her room's really clean. And she just goes, no, because her dad had thrown everything in the, in the garbage can. Oh, wow. He did. He had been threatening me for a while that he was going to get some big black trash bags and clean out. And I, have, well, I was scrapbooking and I had all these pictures with labeled and stuff. Oh. And he, he went all along the shelves and just cleared it with his arm into a trash bag and put it all on the curb. And after that, I had a little chart on my door. I mean, I was like in high school at this time. And every day when he'd get home from work, he'd take a gander at my room and he'd either write a yes or a no if it was clean to a satisfaction. If I got two no's in a week, I was going to be punished for the weekend. So of course, naturally my brothers would come by and they'd put a couple no's on there and just to mess with me. But, um, I got to say, it really did make a difference. 
I mean, I'm not dirty. I'm, but my husband, and it works for us because we're both a little bit cluttery. That's good. Yeah. So Mr. Kenny was just very, this is the rule and you will follow it. And Jessica's brothers were basically bullies to her <laughs> and all of us in high school. They used to do this thing. Okay. So these are tall guys. Like they're what? Six feet, probably both of them or Jared's yeah, maybe like that. six, four. So I think they're like six, two and yeah, around that six, two. So if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, they would be like Missy sandwich. And they would literally sandwich me to where I couldn't, I'm surprised they never broke a rib. Okay. <laughs> those are my memories of your house. <laughs> and a few others that we're not going to talk about on the podcast. So we'll leave those in our memory bank for uh, the party time. Um, okay. So you go to A&M and you're right. We really never did have a heart to heart, but Jessica, I don't know if we ever had a heart to heart ever. <laughs> I feel like we did. Jessica was hard to, she was a hard nut to crack sometimes. Sometimes I was like, do you like me as your friend? Cause I feel like you're my best friend. <laughs> well, I've never been an overly emotional person, but um, I, I feel like that has changed as I become an adult and had kids and stuff. I mean, literally last week I cried at Raya and the dragon in the movie theater. <laughs> like oh, wow. wrong with me. <laughs> Like the littlest thing could set me off. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like though there were some definite uh, late night discussions. Um, usually, you know, initiated by you, but. <laughs> I'm sure that's no surprise to anyone. All right. So you get to A&M. I think you joined a sorority there, right? I did. Um, Greek life there is a little bit different. It's not as big as it is as at many other places because the student club and student organization culture is very huge there, um, but it's very similar. So I did because I was coming from out of state and I didn't know a lot of people and I wanted to kind of meet people, uh, you know, and make friends and have things to do. So I did. And um, I actually reconnected with a friend of mine that I was friends with in second grade before I moved to Baton Rouge. So, and we pledged the same sorority. So um, it, I, I gotta say, I didn't ever regret doing that. Okay. And so then while you were at A&M, I think you had one major the whole time. And it was architecture, right? Well, I actually uh, went in undecided, which was a bad move, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, but I decided on architecture and then I had to apply to get into that college. So, um, that was just a little bit of a process, but yes, then I remained with that major the rest of the time. They call it a bachelor of environmental design. So again, to back up, I feel like I'm not doing a very good job of covering me and Beatty's history, but so Jessica was the friend that always did our hair and makeup and she was artistic. And do you remember, remember the like stipples? Was that what it was called? When you stippled like all the little dots? Was that yeah. yeah. So like she would, anyway, so Jessica's always, always been artistic. Yeah, we had a couple of art projects and as you guys know, and the listeners probably realize Missy's like the master of outsourcing you know, things that she may not be good at, but she knows other people are good at. So yes. And I still do that for like new friendships that I have, Missy. They're like, can you fix my hair? And I mean, I'm just, I guess I'm just always willing to, to also. Well, when we do our girls trip, so we try to get together on an annual girls trip and I'm always so excited because I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, my hair is going to look phenomenal. I mean, Jessica <laughs> does it with a straightener and it looks like she does the curl. So you can curl it with a straightener. Um, her hair is kind of difficult. 
She, I think you, she has, I mean, she always says that, but I think she has wonderful hair because it's thick and it has texture to it, you know, and when people's hair is real fine, as like mine used to be actually curly, like I had a perm and people have a hard time believing that. Um, but now it's super fine. And I think pregnancies have kind of changed that in age, but, um, Missy's hair has a lot of texture to it. So it'll hold curl and anything else. It does hold the curl, unlike Allison's hair, which doesn't hold the curl. Love you, Allison, but it doesn't hold a curl. So yeah, I should probably curl it I sh- or do it wavy. Is re- yeah. I should probably do my hair wavy. Okay, we'll get to that later. That'll be gold after I after I do a chin up successfully. Then I'll figure out. Oh my gosh, have you done that yet? Okay, update. So this past weekend, I was like, okay, I need an actual like chin up or pull up bar. And so we bought the ones that go over or like they hang from your doorway. And so we did that, Patrick. I mean, there's really no install. It just basically uses your weight to not come off, which is a little, you know, kind of scary at first. So I can do one, but I did have to use an assisted, like a band to assist. Um, And I totally took a video of myself to see if I had back muscles, which there's a few. Um, Was Patrick doing it with you? No, he's like, I can't yeah. do one right now. No, he tried to do one and he said it made him feel like he was going to throw up. I was like, oh my God. Like- well, I feel like anything else, it's like a, I mean, I can't do one either. So kudos to you. I can do one assisted with the band and there's a whole process to, you know, figuring out exercises leading up to doing that and stuff. So I can do, this is why I went and bought a pull-up bar this weekend because we were running at the lakes and the lakes have, um, the LSU lakes and they've got some like, you know, not, I don't think they're actually yeah. pull-up bars. I think they're whatever for kids, monkey bars, playground, playground yeah. bars. And if I'm standing on the ground, I don't have to really lift my hands over my head. I can pull myself up because I'm not pulling myself as high. But when I'm lifting my hands like way over my head, nobody can see me. But that's where it's really hard because you're pulling yourself up further. So I convinced myself that I will be able to do it eventually. And so I'm going to get there and I'm just going to do like 10 a day until I can, until it becomes easy. And I, I, I feel like you will feel like you can lift yourself up at some point, right? Shouldn't the band become too easy? I think a lot of it is a, about learning how to activate and use the, the correct muscles. You know, to me, I'm getting up there like trying to use my arms and it's not, that's not where the strength comes from for that. So, but yeah, I do think you're, it's going to be so easy. You know, they have those leveled bands so you can use an easier and easier band until you don't need one anymore. Right. So I bought uh, three bands and I'm really glad I bought three bands because I could do it on the medium band. I actually was able to pull myself up. I kind of surprised myself, but I probably would only be able to do three on that medium band. I mean, like my heart is like pounding, like it's really gets your heart. It's, it's great. It's a great exercise. We should probably install one here at the office. Um, Anyway, totally digress, but then I'll figure out how to curl my hair. Jessica makes it look so easy and I just can't, I can't do it. It stresses me out. So um, if Jessica lived here, she would for sure be doing my hair all the time. But good news, BD, Maggie is no replacement for you, but Maggie's also really good at doing hair. So she has come to my house when I've had events and photo shoots. I'm like, you have to make me look good, Maggie, like 20 years younger, please. I try. So, um, okay. So anyway, so you went into, you know, you went, got into the school of architecture and then you graduated. And then what did you do from there? Um, I graduated and, um, that was right around the time that my mom was really, really sick. And she actually passed away the first week of my very last semester at school. So I was in a very kind of 
strange headspace. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, when you're graduating college, you're like ready to start the rest of your life. And I wasn't in that headspace because I was dealing with just a lot of grief and emotional things at the time. So I moved back home to Houston with my dad and I kind of, I, I reached out to, I kind of thought maybe I'll, I'll try to find a job in interiors. I'm interested in that. And I reached out to a designer and she did not have anything at the time, but she had a, um, someone she worked with who was a faux finisher. And I ended up working, I ended up getting a job with her. Um, and I worked for her about, for about a year and a half. And it was honestly, she, she ran a company out of her home. She worked on million dollar plus only homes. So these are like the very high, high end homes in the Houston area. Um, so I was walking in there and these people were asking me my opinion and you know, I'm living in the spare bedroom of my dad's house at this time. So I always kind of felt funny about that. But um, anyway, it was a great work experience because I kind of did everything for her. I would uh, schedule the jobs. I would check on jobs. I would meet with clients. I would give them tours and help them select finishes. Um, I even like helped her do some tasks for her kids on occasion or um, things they needed around the house. Um, so I kind of just did whatever she needed um, and kind of learned the business and it was great. Um, and then Austin and I got married in 2006. And after that, it was a good time for me to kind of transition. But anyway, I got married and I found my next job, which was for a smaller architecture firm. Um, and we had a couple of uh, kind of bread and butter clients, one of which was Capital One Banks, um, which I worked on a lot. Um, so that one, I really kind of learned the business um, and my, it was my first real job working for a firm. I had had some internships in college, but nothing to this level. Um, and I worked with some wonderful people there. Uh, but I reconnected with an old friend from college and she was working for another firm. Kirksey Architecture was the name and they were looking for people. So I interviewed there and I um, got a job there and I worked there until my twins were born in 2012. I'm like... <laughs> When were they born? 2009? No, 2012. So I did um, work from 2004 to 2012. And, and that's when I stopped, um, decided to retire, as I say, um, to kind of stay home with them. Once I started working at Kirksey, I kind of had like two major life events in the, let's see, five or six years that I worked there. Um, and the first, I guess, let me back up. Um, I mentioned that my mom passed away the first week of my senior year of college. Um, she had had breast cancer in her early 40s and ovarian cancer in her early 50s, which is what eventually took her life. Um, but she came from a family that basically breast cancer just ran rampant. And um, she had three sisters and a brother, all three sisters, breast cancer, her mother, my grandmother, breast cancer, two of her sisters, breast cancer, um, my uncle's daughter, my cousin, breast cancer, my sister, breast cancer. So we kind of you know, we're aware of this, but um, in the late 90s, her family was involved in some testing. It was actually called the Baton Rouge study, um, genetic testing. And we found that they were carriers for the BRCA1 mutation, um, which basically means that, you know, it's, it's not the breast cancer gene as people call it, but it's a gene that we all have. We just have a mutated version of it. And it means that we have an elevated risk of breast and ovarian cancer. So when you say elevated risk, can you clarify what, what exactly does that mean? Yeah. So they take your genetic testing results and they look at your family history and they kind of give you a lifetime risk. And, um, so my sister and I both were tested. Um, gosh, I was, when were we 20 years old, Missy? 
2001? No, yeah. 2002. <laughs> anyway. Um, Almost 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So our lifetime risk of breast cancer was somewhere in the 90s. It was like 95% or something like that. And then for ovarian cancer, it was in the high 50s. Um, and I think the general population risk for breast cancer these days, I think it's like 12%. So it's a pretty high already for women in general. But um, anyway, I found that out. I came home for um, an early weekend to go get my testing results at MD Anderson with my mom. And then I got my positive result and I went back to college station. And I just remember, I, you know, we were, I was talking to, you know, some of my friends and they were talking about, you know, what are we going to wear to the football game and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, I'm going to get cancer, you know, like it's not really something that most 20 year olds are, are focusing on. Um, my mom was still alive at that time. She had come with me and we had kind of, you know, they had kind of presented a couple options. You can do surveillance. Um, you can do nothing. There's some preventative medications you can try, but they're really trial and error at that point. Again, it was 20 years ago, so they didn't know as much as they know now. Um, but anyway, I, um, did do surveillance for many years. And I think in 2008, well, a little bit before that, because I did a bunch of research and um, interviewing and consultations, but I decided to go ahead with doing uh, preventative surgery. So can I ask I, you something real quick though, Jessica, what, again, can you uh, expand on what surveillance means? I mean, I would interpret that as maybe more frequent mammograms for so, preventative yeah. So at the time, since I was young, they mammograms, you know, um, are a little harder in younger women because you have a lot of fibrous tissue in your breast still. Uh, so I did end up having one mammogram and that was a baseline just to have it before my surgery. But previous to that, I was having yearly um, ultrasound. So I would have a breast ultrasound and they would make sure, you know, they didn't see anything suspicious. If they did, they would want to biopsy it or send me for an MRI. Um, and I just, you know, I was having that once yearly and then seeing my um, gynecologist regularly, of course, for manual breast exam. But I kind of, I got tired of doing that. And, um, you know, I, at the very beginning was like, you know, woe is me and sad that why did this happen to me? But um, I kind of, you know, came to the conclusion that I can't change that I have this, but now that I know that I have it, um, I now have the knowledge and the power to do something about it. So um that's why I decided to do the preventative mastectomy and basically remove my healthy breast tissue um, and have reconstruction to reduce my risk as much as possible. So got a couple of questions. When you had that surgery, how much did it reduce your risk? So it basically brought me down to below the general population risk. My risk was now three to 5%. Um, it is a little dependent, you know, they are trying to take as much of your tissue as possible. And, um, you know, in most cases there is going to be residual breast tissue. They have to leave behind to allow your skin to survive. Um, in my case, I decided to keep my nipples. So, um, <laughs> that's TMI <laughs> can make a very slight it. increase in your risk. Um, I think I'm at the higher end of that, you know, three to 5% range. Okay. So you had the surgery, if I remember correctly, um, cause golly, we were young when you did that. Did you, you actually came to visit me? I think you came for overnight. I did. I went to go for the weekend and check on my yeah. friend. And I don't think 
you were, I remember, I like vividly remember the apartment you were living in actually. Yeah. And I kind of remember where we went out to eat. It was yes, like so a great place. You and Patrick came. Mm-mm, I came by myself. You were by yourself. Okay. So were you in college still? No, I was in, I was working. Uh, okay. For Kirksey, I was at, it was, this was in like 2008. So I've right. been married for two years, you know. I was teaching. I was yes, teaching yes. at this time. Okay. Yeah. So I came to visit you. Okay. So just a few questions on that. Um, if I remember, I didn't you go to New York to have this surgery? I did. So I could not find a local doctor to perform the surgery that I wanted. Um, which was a direct to implant. So basically they would remove my tissue, a breast surgeon would remove as much tissue as possible, do that part. And then you go to a plastic surgeon and the same, they work together. Um, And I didn't have enough tissue or fat tissue on my body to do any kind of flap surgery or to use my own tissue to recreate the breast. So I knew I was going to be having implants. And the way they usually do that is they would um, detach your pec muscle. They place an expander underneath that. And over time, over the course of six months to a year, they'd slowly fill up that expander, kind of creating a pocket for the permanent implant. Um, But there was a newer surgery um, where instead of creating that pocket with the expansion process, they would detach your pectoral muscle and they'd use Alloderm, which is a brand name for cadaver tissue basically that's stripped of all its genetic material. And they use that to create the bottom part of your pocket along with the pec muscle. So they place the implant at that time and, and do the whole thing. And this, I say newer procedure, but in the medical world, it had already been around for like 12 years. Mm -hmm. And the doctors that pioneered it were in um, White Plains, New York. And um, so I ended up, yes, traveling to them so that I could do the direct to implant um, surgery. It's only one surgery. You don't have to go back under to have an exchange uh, with the expanders as they do that. Um, so, and it, it worked out great for me. What was the recovery like? Um, I think I was just in the hospital overnight. And then I, we had rented like a, like an extended stay hotel. So we had a little kitchenette and, and uh, living room area and stuff in my, um, And so I was there for, you know, you have to get drains when you have this type of surgery for all of the fluid buildup and things that that they can remove. Um, You know, it kind of pulls that out from your body. So I had two drains on each side and um, they wouldn't allow me to fly home until those drains could be pulled. Um, So I think a week later I had a follow-up at their office and they were able to pull their drains and I flew home and I followed up with my docs with phone calls and pictures um, from home. But yeah, for a long time, I could not raise my arms. I couldn't drive. Um, I just was very restricted, um, because it's a big muscle area that's affected on your chest. So of course, you know, I'm, I still am restricted when I try to do things like pushups and, um, anything that's heavy use of that pectoral muscle. Yeah. So I had a little, um, like precancerous mole or something that I'll get to this. It's like, it was like right above my breast area. And so whenever they like, you know, they did, they were super cautious and the, um, I think it's called like the Mohs surgeon or whatever for dermatology that specializes in, you know, minimal scarring and he was doing it and I I can feel him tugging and I, I go, wait, am I going to be able to work out? Cause I'm thinking about like running and he goes, 
oh God, you're one of those people, aren't you? <laughs> you know, but he explained to me, he was like, it's a sensitive area. It's tissue. Like he goes, you're not going to do what I'm telling you to do, which would be not to do anything for like two weeks. So put like three to four sports bras on and hold those bad boys in. <laughs> so, well, this is, a, I mean, and aside from that messy, but with microblading, you cannot, not supposed to sweat for 10 oh, Lord. Off the table for 10 days. I know you're out, right? I'm like, as you can see, I already went to the gym this morning. I didn't sweat. Oh, okay. (laughs) So last question though, on this Jessica, and you know, I think we'll have you back in later on in the year when October is breast cancer awareness month, but um, mentally like this is, you know, you talk about it. I remember coming and seeing you and you had a very, uh, I felt like a positive attitude about it, the or that's what was reflected to me. Um, just mentally, you know, I feel like you felt like it was the right thing to do. And how did you feel post-surgery? Um, you know, post-surgery, I, I felt still like it, like I said, I had thought about it and pondered over it and been doing surveillance for six years at that point. And I had come to the conclusion that knowledge was power and I was going to do what I could do about it. I can be a victim of my circumstance or I can do everything I can to, to prevent it. And, you know, it was a little struggle, you know, people, you know, breastfeeding was really important to my mom. And at this point she had passed away, but I was very, you know, I didn't have kids at that point and I knew that I wanted to breastfeed, but I kind of, you know, I, had this conversation with my sister who had, um, my niece at this point, And she said, you know, it was great and all, but <laughs> yeah, I think you should do it. And I kind of, you know, that was the sign that I needed. I also, I don't know if I ever told you this Missy, but I had been at my dad's house poking around on his computer for something. And I had found these old journal entries of my mom's. And, um, I had had a little bit of pushback in doing this. My gynecologist had recommended that I don't do it. I don't need to do it. I can live a normal life. Even my dad kind of said, why would you do that? Um, but I found these journal entries for my mom and one of them, she actually talked about how she wanted to, she had had a hysterectomy and she wanted them to take everything, her ovaries included. And, um, her doctor said, no, it's going to put you into surgical menopause and, all these things. And she was, she was almost in menopause anyway, at that point in time. Um, But she just regretted so much that she had not pushed for what she wanted. And it was literally like a beam of light shown on me. And I'm like, this is what I need to do. You know, this is a sign for my mom, you know, that I need to, you know, the the doctors are people with opinions and a lot of expertise, but they don't have to live with the results. So I knew that I was kind of like, you know, I'm going to take this sign and I'm going to push forward and do this for myself. It's what I, you know, it's what I want. And if I don't do it and something happens, um, because a lot of my family members were diagnosed in their early thirties. Um, if something happens to me then I'm going to live with regret, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to, I want to be here for my family and my kids and, 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 you know, breast cancer is not a death sentence, but anyway, I just wanted to do what was within my power to, to prevent what I could. Yeah. And I mean, that takes a lot of uh, courage, you know, clearly going through the surgery, an elective type procedure that, you know, you're going to have a recovery period. I mean, that's courageous in and of itself, but also whenever you have your doctor telling you that you don't need to do it, you know, and I've struggled a little bit with some of my own um, doctors and specialists that I see for Crohn's, you know, and they want me to do 
blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I've got, gone and gotten a second opinion and I do my own research. And I mean, I'm not saying Google's the best you know, thing to do, but I do feel like a lot of patients and any people, when they go see a doctor, it's the end all be all, you know? And I feel like if you have a doctor that's resistant to you asking questions or trying to get another opinion, I don't necessarily think that doctor is a good fit for everyone. You know, that's just my opinion. So um, props to you. That, that took a lot of courage. Thank you. And now you have wonderful tatas. <laughs> well, it's, um, you know, it's not like having a boob job. It's a little different um, because I don't have any tissue um, and the muscles over the top of it. But, um, you know, I'm, I, I think that nobody has a clue that, you know, I've had this done that I meet. So um, I'm happy that, you know, I, I appear as my natural self. Well, you do. Cause I knew you before and after. So, well, thank you, Jessica. I appreciate you sharing that story. And um, the other thing that happened while I was working there um, before I retired from working and um, with my twins being born was I decided to go back to school and I went to graduate school for architecture. Yes. Cause basically architecture, at, um, there are state boards and national boards, and you have to have a professional degree to be able to finish out your professional hours and sit for your series of exams um, to be a certified, you know, architect with a stamp and all. And I was going to be hitting a ceiling in my career if I didn't do that. So um, I went back and got my master's while working full time. I found a program that I could uh, do while I continued working full time and um, so it was in Boston. It was a distance program. And I went up there once a semester for nine days, eight to nine days. And we did an intensive and then I would do distance for the rest of the semester. So um, it was, it was pretty challenging time period because <laughs> yeah. I was also going back to uh, going back to graduate school at that time. But um, anyway, I'm glad that I'm still glad that I did. I did end up sitting for one of my exams and I did pass it, but um, they start a rolling clock on you and you have to do all of them within five years. So I'm now well out of that. So I don't think it's something I'll be pursuing, but I don't regret going back. Good for you, B. Well, you are busy, but we still managed to hang out. So let's back up if you don't mind, Jessica. So it was, I, I guess I lost track of time because I didn't realize that was your senior year of college when Miss Randy passed away. I thought it was earlier on in college. Um, and for some reason, I thought the year was 2001, but that is not the right year. Yeah. What, what year was it? 2004. 2004, September 1st, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember that day because I remember Jessica calling me and she was like, and Miss Randy was like that second mom, you know, she's the one who came up with Miss A, <laughs> right? <laughs> and my dad said that. That was from my dad. Are you sure? Mom said it. Yes. Well, she said it, making fun of him. Oh, okay. Well, her dad, but her mom says it way better. You know, said it way better. Mr. Kenny kind of was like, Miss A. <laughs> oh, you're right. Actually, you're right. She said it, but he tried to imitate her and said it in this funny way. And then that became how the rest of us said it. Like of him. That's a thing. I haven't seen Mr. Kenny in years, but if I were to go see him tomorrow, that's what he would tell. That's what he would say. So, um, so anyway, so, you know, Miss Randy had been um, uh, putting up a really good fight with ovarian cancer um, for a couple of years, but she was just a, um, and I'm sorry to talk about this beauty, but I think that she deserves it. I mean, she was just, she could light up a room. She was one of the nicest people ever. And she was like, not a judgy person, you know, I feel like she was a very, um, well, this is now this is, you know, the second mom is always 
your second mom. No, I, I, I agree with you for how and how heavily Catholic and involved in the church she was. She wasn't a judgy person. And she, you know, her and my dad both came from pretty humble beginnings. Um, so I think that's part of it. But, uh, you know, you're saying she felt like a second mom. And I feel like there are many, many of our friends, you know, of any of the four of us from Baton Rouge who would say the exact same thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I miss her dearly, miss her every day. It's something that, you know, it's never going to, the grief only fades a little bit with time, but it never is going to go away. Like any time that it comes back, it comes back full force. And, you know, I'm sad that she's not here. I'm sad she doesn't know my kids, but I'm thankful that, you know, I had her for as long as I did. So something tells me she does know your kids somehow, <laughs> some way she knows, she knows your kids. I have a great picture of me and Miss Randy that's in a picture frame that's made it from house to house. And I'm just, I think I'm in a t-shirt with no makeup on and just my head's kind of tilted and it's a great picture. So we had really, really good times with Miss Randy and, you know, I miss her and I think about her. Um, okay. So you went through all of that and you worked and then you got pregnant with twins, which I think that was kind of a, the twin part was a surprise. No, I mean, we went through fertility treatment. Okay. So we knew that there was a strong possibility of that happening. Um, and I always, people, if, when strangers ask me, and I don't want to get into all that, I just say, you know, my husband's a twin <laughs> and he is, he's a fraternal twin, but, um, but yeah, it was a surprise and it was a kind of a difficult pregnancy. I just had a lot of scares and, um, it was just, wasn't easy. And then I went into labor super early and they were born early. Um, they were, you know, three pounds, six, three pounds, seven at birth. And they stayed in the NICU for the first month. Um, but, and then they came home and now they're thriving little nine-year-olds. So <laughs> that time period is funny for me to think about because at the time it was just devastating that they, you know, were so early and they were doing fine. They didn't ever have any breathing issues, which is, was a blessing, but they, um, you know, to leave the hospital without your baby is just a, a hard thing to go through. So, uh, you know, at the time I was devastated, but looking back on it, <laughs> I'm like, you know, the NICU staff was amazing. Um, the nurses, there are just some of the most special people on the planet. And they basically got them on a schedule. Austin and I were first time parents. They showed us how to do everything, change a diaper, bathe them, um, feed them, um, you know, with the most patients you could hope for. So it was kind of, and we got to come home and recover and sleep. And so it was kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess. Okay. So let's talk about the twins. So it's a boy and a girl. Yes. Charlotte and Ethan. And they're nine now. They just turned nine last week. Um, then third grade. They are very funny. They're very different personalities. She's very A-type and likes to have things just so um, she's more organized than I am. So she always keeps me in line and tells me, you know, this is due this week, mom, make sure you have this. Did you get this yet? Um, so it's very funny. Uh, and he's just a real laid back uh, personality that can get along with everybody. And they are separated in school. Uh, I chose to separate them because they um, funnily enough, even though she's very a type, she kind of leaned on him socially and he has a little bit more, he's not, badly behaved, but he has some kind of behavioral things that he goes through. And she doesn't like that because she's kind of sees it as a reflection on herself. So um, they have partner teachers. So they do have the same two teachers and they switch throughout the day, but they, um, and they see each other, but they don't, um, they're not in class together. Wouldn't you think Charlotte's a little bit like her mom? 
She is. And um, we butt heads a lot because of that. <laughs> it's hard when, when you have a kid who's <laughs> Austin's walking by making a face at me since I didn't <laughs> tell him not to bother me. Anyway, um, it's hard when you have a kid that's, you know, like you and you see those qualities that maybe you don't like about yourself so much <laughs> in them. And you think, ah, and they're arguing with you and whatnot. But, um, you know, she's also has a, a side of her that just, you know, she loves animals. She wants to help. She wants to save all the animals in the world and the environment. She'll say, mom, they're cutting down those trees and destroying habitats for animals. And where will they go? And, you know, little kids, they, they, they have this perception of things that make you appreciate what's there. And anyway. Yeah. Well, I knew I mean, she was sassy at like the age of two. And I was like, oh, she's taking after her mama. And then you got Ethan. I feel like Ethan's a lot like Austin. He is. He's just the absent-minded professor, just like his dad. It's very, very bright. Um, but a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll be going to pick them up and he'll come walking out reading a book, stepping into a parking lot with a book open. It's just not, you know, <laughs> the best idea when to not be looking up and around. Um, but yeah, he loves to read and he's very imaginative and just laid back guy. I feel like there's something so innocent and sweet about that though, right? Like just to be so involved in a book that you're not paying attention to anything else. I'm not saying it's the safest thing in the world, but there is. <laughs> yeah, no, is I'm not touching. Yeah, it's great. Okay. So we're going to back up a little bit. So first thing is uh, before we get to where you are now, I glossed over this. I said that we call you BD, but why do we call you BD? <laughs> Oh, well, since we already talked about my brothers, <laughs> let me elaborate. They love to, um, they love to poke fun. And I mean, we all are kind of the same way. Um, we kind of bring humor wherever we go. We try to laugh. Um, so they like to give me nicknames. I had many, many nicknames that they tried to get to stick. Um, but my sister got a nickname and it stuck with her. And um, we still to this day call her Diggy, um, which comes from Digger because she picked a wedgie at a volleyball game in seventh grade. And my dad happened to be videoing that. And so um, that stuck with her and they decided, well, we need a, we need a one that's going to stick with, you know, Jessica. So grabbed uh, one of the encyclopedias off the shelf of our living room. You know, when everybody used to have an actual set of encyclopedias, I feel like people don't have that anymore. At least we don't. Um, and they opened it up to a random page. And on that page was dung beetle. So the little, you know, beetle that rolls around balls of dung. <laughs> and um, so that was the name that they gave me. And it's just morphed into beetle or beady. So m many people that hear that, they have no idea that that's how it started. Of course, I protested against it. Like I protested against every name they gave me. Um, and, you know, my dad would always kind of laugh and tell him, don't call it that. But he was also kind of laughing about it. So, um, but yeah, it just stuck. And, and it, so, I mean, for a long time, I don't feel like I called you that, but the more I hung out with your brothers, the more, or the more we all hung out, the more it was just like, it just kind of rolled off the tongue there. Um, okay. So then. Austin. How did we meet Austin? Um, so I met Austin through a mutual friend of mine named Patrick Gauze, who he went to high school with, and he's an Eagle Scout, and they were in Scouts together growing up. So we went, um, well, that's not true. I came home, and Austin's from uh, the Humble area where my parents were living at that time, and I met him at Patrick's house at a 
a holiday kind of Christmas gathering get together with everybody who was home from college in the area kind of got together there. And so I met him, but we didn't really hit it off or anything. And then I saw him again. Oh my gosh. In the summer, I think Patrick and I took a trip to Austin just to have something to do for a weekend. And we stayed with Austin and Again, we just hung out as friends, um, kind of got to know each other a little bit more, but there was not really much of a, a spark or anything. And then I saw him again at the next Christmas party and um, I didn't, couldn't remember his name and he still brings that up. He was highly offended. <laughs> I didn't remember his name. Um, and then let's see, the next spring break, I think I saw him. We, we decided, Patrick convinced me to go camping with him and Austin and Austin's brother who was coming in town. So it was me and three Eagle Scouts. We went to Enchanted Rocks State Park and um, camped in a tent. <laughs> I'm not really sure what I was thinking at the time because um, I don't really enjoy that kind of camping, but it was super fun. And Austin and I kind of, that's when our relationship really kind of started. And I invited him to uh, my sister's best friend's wedding the following weekend. And he came and the rest is history. He was, um, he's a graduate of uh, Texas. So we're kind of sworn enemies in a way, but um, now our football teams aren't playing each other anymore. So we don't have to have any kind of angst and unhappiness at Thanksgiving. <laughs> now we're just playing LSU. So. Right. And Austin cheers for LSU. Austin cheers for LSU. Jessica, like even at the national championship one year, LSU oh, played cheered. Oklahoma and she cheered for <laughs> Oklahoma because that's where her dad went. I was like, baby. Well, he raised us up on Sooneropoly. Okay. But honestly though, I'm cheering for y'all, but except when we play you, which obviously y'all managed to beat us for however many years now. So <laughs> I think we, we have won once maybe, but, um, but anyway, yeah, and Austin's parents are both from, uh, went to UT also. So they're a very strong UT. So I will tell you, Jessica is a schmidge competitive. And <laughs> I would not want to be in the same room when the Aggies play Texas UT. <laughs> I just cannot imagine it being a happy ending. I'm sure she's saying that somebody's cheating or something was gas <laughs> interference. But my mother-in-law is just as competitive and she was the one that always be like, well, somebody has to win and somebody has to lose and say all these little side comments. She was, she's doing it in jest, but we know when you're competitive and it's football, it's not funny. It's serious. Yeah. Well, it's a little too raw at the time, I think also. So. Yeah. So BD gets rowdy, would get rowdy. In fact, actually on our last Marco Polo, I don't remember what you, oh, you told me that you couldn't tell that I had highlights. And I was like, well, a BD, it's just a camera. And she was like, stop getting rowdy, Missy. Yeah. You came back and said, I don't know why I just got so, so. I did. <laughs> totally rowdy with her. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. Okay. So it was the lighting. I couldn't see the highlights. So <laughs> I can totally see them now. That was honesty. I also told her that if she wanted to look young, she had to get a middle part. Apparently that's the thing. I see Maggie has a middle part, but um, Maggie's actually I not. Just, I know. I know. That's true. I was just joking though. I was making a joke and this is like, I'm not going to get a middle part. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how Jessica comes. That's how, that's how Jessica compliments me. Um, so, <laughs> okay. So then, okay, a few years ago, so you stay home with the twins, you know, that's a full-time job in and of itself, and you 
some years go by and you have your third. Um, I, again, this is blurry to me. That's so sad, but. Well, I actually, I was on a project. I was doing CA on a project and um, I was kind of pretty connected to it. So they asked me to stay on um, past my maternity leave. So from, they were born in March and I worked through December of that year from home, kind of trying to finish out, helping finish out that project that I was on. Um, and then that's when I, you know, kind of let them know that I'm not going to be returning because, um, you know, I just felt like I, I wasn't going to be able to come back to this time in my kid's life. You know, I felt like I could go back to work, but I'm not going to be able to come back to this. And I don't have family to watch them. And the cost of daycare was astronomical. And um, architecture is a late night deadlines, weekends work kind of job. Um, and I just didn't feel like I was going to be fully committed to my family if I continued. So I stayed home. Um, I got pregnant with Audrey and had her in 2015. Um, and she is five now and started kindergarten. And she's just a little free spirit ball of joy <laughs> that makes every spreads joy wherever she goes kind of personality. Um, actually, before she was born, after the twins were born, I, I had picked up a camera and kind of started um, capturing them and doing that as a hobby. I mean, I'm a creative person. That's what I like to do. That's what brings me joy, um, making and creating and holding a finished product in my hand. So um, I started doing that. I had taken photography as an elective in college and my dad had always been in, into it. Also my brother, John. So um, I kind of got one of my dad's old cameras and started trying to document my kids and that went on. And, you know, I shared the pictures and that, looking back at them now, I kind of cringe, <laughs> but um other people started asking me to take pictures for them. And so I did, and I've kind of grown it into a business. Um, 2018, I started a, an LLC and I've been doing that. Yes. So that's what I want to talk about. Okay. So that's how the photography started. I didn't really know. I just knew you were good at taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. I just, I had, I got one of my dad's old cameras and I just started taking pictures of my kids and I, you know, we would kind of, it would give me something else to do. You know, I love being a mom and I love being at home with them and it, I was never bored. Um, there's always something to do, especially with multiple kids, but uh, you know, it's lonely at times and you know um, but anyway, I was doing that as a creative outlet and a way to kind of keep my, you know, creative juices flowing and, um, you know, really enjoyed it. And so I kind of started to do it for a couple of friends and, um, it got to be more and more and taking me away from my personal life that I had to start, you know, start a business and report taxes and all <laughs> report my income and all that stuff. But, but now you're pretty booked. Um, I'm very busy in the fall time and that's a busy time of year that people all try and get their Christmas photos done and stuff like that. Uh, and I am busy the rest of the year are busy for me. Um, so what I love about it is I can make my own schedule and I can be as busy as I want to be. And I can plan around, you know, my kids sports and activities and my other commitments and stuff. So at this time, I think I could be doing more. I feel like I always could be doing more, um, putting myself out there, trying to get work and things like that. But at this time, uh, just my word of mouth referrals have been bringing me in enough business to keep me pretty busy. So let's just talk about photography in general, because to the consumer or to the client, you know, we're just trying to make ourselves look good enough to take a picture, you know, that can probably be edited and we show up and you take the pictures, but what really goes into that on your end? 
Um, you know, there's a ton of things that go into it. And a lot of people nowadays, because, you know, phones and technology has come so far, uh, they feel like, you know, why should I even hire a professional when I can just use my cell phone? Um, and there's a lot of advantages to it. I mean, obviously you can be in the pictures. It's not just going to be a quick snapshot. Uh, professionals have professional gear. Um, that's the best of the best. And they know how to use it. Uh, they know how to you. they know how where the best locations are. They know the best time of day. They're going to guide you into poses that are flattering for you. And then on the back end, they're going to bring it back to their home and they have um, experience with editing and making you look the best way possible. Oh, I don't like that, that word, but anyway. Um, but yeah, it's for me though, it's, it's really more about capturing, you know, a picture when you look back at pictures or videos or even songs, sometimes it brings you back to a moment in time and makes you feel connected to kind of the emotion you were experiencing at that time. Um, and so to me, it's kind of like I'm capturing that for you and giving you that um, kind of gift of the memory and the connection to that time period. So um, also, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm me and my personality is part of it. You know, I like to have fun. I like to capture posed images, but I also like, and my favorite images are usually the candid ones where, you know, kids, you're laughing, playing, you're interacting. You're not just looking at the camera and smiling. Um, and you're kind of more, I'm more capturing an emotion that you're experiencing with your family member. Um, so yeah, I really love, that's the part that I love is delivering that and people being, you know, overjoyed at what they're getting. And the other thing that I love seeing is when people print their images and it's, you know, big and displayed in their home where I get Christmas cards with images on them. Um, just brings me joy because there's something that I've created. Beatty, that was deep. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that you went that deep on the podcast. What? <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, anybody can just take their cell phone and, and, and snap an image. Um, and, and that's great. But, um, but it is not that easy. Yeah, it's but, not. You know, for me, I'm I'm there. I, I put a lot of thought into, you know, the ages that are going to be there. What is this a senior? Is it a family with little bitty kids? You know, that can be a very stressful experience to show up and try to get those little bitty kids to behave. And um, I mean, I speak that from personal experience. Austin and I have had some of the most terrible fights ever you know, trying to get everybody dressed and ready and perfect and the right outfits. And um, for me, you know, I, I don't like it when I see, you know, parents stressing out over just trying to achieve perfection. Um, so I try to bring my humor and personality and different kind of prompts that I can give them. Um, and just to go with the flow kind of attitude, I try to plan it out. Now I do try to plan it out as much as I can and think about how we can flow through different posing, different areas of whatever location we're using. But, you know, I want them to have a stress-free experience and, and think, oh, that wasn't so bad. I, I don't mind doing that. Cause I just have a lot of clients, especially the dads, you know, they show up and they're all, why do we have to do this? I don't want to smile, <laughs> you know? Um, they don't think of it as fun. And I like my clients to feel like that wasn't a stressful experience. It was fun. My best friend growing up right before my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Maggie, do you have any questions for my, my best bud? Well, I just wanted to say you, you're like, people have the idea to just take the pictures themselves. 
I did that this weekend for my niece. We were trying to get, um, my sister-in-law had set up some cute backdrops, like Easter backdrops, and she's got rabbits and chickens, and we did that. Oh, cute. Making, it was just my one-year-old niece, but she was just straight-faced the whole time. It's like, it's, it's extremely challenging to get, you know, get that candid shot or her laughing or something when everyone's like looking at her, <laughs> you know? I know. And some of my favorite ones have been, you know, the little kids that their parents feel so defeated at the end of it. Yeah. They didn't get anything like you did. I'm sure she didn't get anything. And um, that's the ones I, you know, we kind of can go in a different direction and laugh and play and have them throwing up in the air. And, you know, I I have different, you know, prompts and things that I use in those situations. Um, And then I'll deliver their images and they're like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you got all this. So um, I just love getting those kind of responses, but it is, it's, it's more work than people realize that I'm usually always sweating by the end of it. (laughs) especially with little kids jumping around, singing their favorite songs or whatever, you know, we have to do. Absolutely. Y'all don't get enough credit, but I'm here to tell you it's a, it's a gift and you have to, you have to have that gift. Well, if all else fails, they're just so darn cute at that age that, you know, they can't take a bad picture. Right. (laughs) Even if they're crying or frowning. I do feel like pose pictures though. Like when I take a pose picture with a professional, you know, and they want you to tilt your chin down and like, you kind of feel like you're like, this is going to look terrible. And then you get it back and you're like, I look amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, I definitely think that that is a, um, that is a talent BD. And so I guess, you know, we're in Louisiana, you're in Texas. So it'd be kind of hard for photo opportunities here, but just if anybody's curious about your work, where are you on Instagram? (laughs) I'm on Instagram and I I have a Facebook page and that's where a lot of people find me. Um, I have a website too. My uh, company is named Lemon Labs Photography after my two dogs, um, which are my first children, I guess. <laughs> but and they're my I, I honestly, one of the things that I aim to do, and it's a goal for this year is to be, be better at social media and business. I'm not a, I'm not a business person. I'm a creative. So, um, and I know that there's value in finding somebody else to help me with that. So I think that is, you know, one of the things that I do want to focus on in the future. Yeah. And it's okay that you're not a business person, because if, Every creative was a business person. They probably wouldn't be able to be creative because then you'd be so tied up in the business stuff. It's right. But I just, you know, in architecture, there was literally just no, um, not a lot of training in that. That's why CPAs exist. Um, So yeah, so her dogs are my God dogs. How old are they? They're 10 and 11 now. They're they're old lady dogs. (laughs) Yeah, so those were her first children. All right, so... um, all right. Ready for the questions, Beatty? I'm ready. I think we're going to know the answer to this first one, <laughs> but I'd, I'd send it to Lainey, but I, actually I say I'm going to know it, but I feel like growing up, you might've had the other, do you like cats or dogs better? I grew up a cat person. <laughs> and as Missy knows, I had a 20 year old cat that my dad forced us to take when we got married and um, Maddie and she she just lived forever because we kept her inside and took care of her. But anyway, she disappeared one day and Austin grew up with dogs. And so I agreed to get a puppy and I consider myself more of a dog person nowadays. Um, summer or winter? Mm, that is tough. I guess I'm going to go with summer. Summer? Coffee or tea? Uh, you know, I neither. 
You don't drink. Oh no, you're like a Coke person, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I tried to tone that back recently, but I guess I will have to say coffee. Out of those two, I drink. I drink coffee probably more. Okay. And would you prefer appetizer or dessert? Dessert. Yeah. All right. And we'll just go with wine or like a specialty type cocktail. Specialty cocktail. Golly, bougie, beady. I'm not a wine person. I've always gotten migraines from drinking wine. So I just kind of given up on trying. (laughs) Uh, Well, that I don't get, I don't have that problem. So drink wine. I drink your, I drink wine for all of us. What's your go-to cocktail, Beatty? Um, I like a Moscow mule, honestly, but I'm just, I'm not really a huge drinker in general. So I know. In fact, I don't think any of my best friends are Dana might be whenever the time is right, but I'm definitely, I'm the, I'm the partier of the, of the bunch. I would have to say. (laughs) I mean, whenever I do these days, I go pretty hard. Like I would have talked about the bachelorette party on here. (laughs) Uh, I I would go, I would try to stay and stay up till 3am and I probably would. And then I would like last week I went to a St. Patrick's day party and I stayed up till two and I got up at six 30 to take my kids to the zoo. So (laughs) I try to try to still hang. You try. Well, I can't hang. I just can't. I think I can, but I, I don't, I don't do anything right. I don't drink enough water. I don't eat enough and I just get too excited and then I can't hang. I think it's because I have less social outings than you do. I have to fit it all in. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, like it's COVID. I mean, I didn't really mind that, you know, certain things were not going on, but, but now I don't have any clothes like for social outings. I'm, I have no clothes, but um, okay. So I totally did not say this during the podcast because I was enthralled with my best friend. But um, once again, as a reminder, this podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Sosis Boutique. So Jessica, they were on in our first season and two sisters who own that boutique. One of them, Annie Claire, does have her own jewelry at Design, Annie Claire Designs, which is the the uh, most adorable jewelry. So we've decided to partner with them. They are local here and we will be giving away a hundred dollar gift card. Uh, this will all be posted to social media and the jewelry and jewelry. Thank you, Lainey. Um, really need to get your goal. Jessica is to get like a office manager. And my goal is to get yeah. shit together on the podcast. So, um, so we really appreciate it with uh, Sosis and Beatty. It was so good to see your face. I haven't seen Jessica. When was the last time I saw you? I know. I think you didn't come to the last girl's trip. So, and that was probably in 2019. It's been since 2018. Yeah. yeah. That makes me sad. We're going to do something and we're going to do something this year. And okay. And they also like to make fun of me because I'm the oldest of all of them, but I'm not like Jessica's birthday is four months after mine. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, Missy's the oldest. I mean, I was just born in a different year, but we're doing something for our 40th birthday party. Right. BD. That's right. We got it. We're taking a trip. You and Allison can be in charge of planning that. Are you sure, Missy? Yeah. <laughs> You'll be able to let that go. I don't think I'm that much of a control freak when it comes to planning. Y'all don't want me planning it. I would screw it up. I mean, like I would forget to book something uh, like I, I, I don't really want that pressure. I mean, maybe let me know where y'all are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll let Allison do it. She's the most of uh, the least stressed out person. So she can do it. And we just, we should just let go. And okay. Well, we'll let her know that that's her responsibility. I'm sure she'll be thrilled, but anyway, yeah, check out Jessica on social media. She's just fantastic. Um, Her kids are adorable and 
It was good seeing you, Beatty. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to us. You too. Thanks for having me on. All right, so things that make us happy. Things that make us happy. Um, everyone knows I love planners. Day Designer has planners at Target, and I love the Day Designer planners. Is this what I see right in front of me? No. It's over there, Maggie. Okay. That does say Day Designer. That is. That's a little, like, calendar. That's our podcast calendar that I thought started in January, but it doesn't. It starts in July, so we'll, you know, we'll get there eventually. But the Day Designer from Target, so I'm a big daily planner person. I want each day to have its own page. I've liked the day designers. I like Emily Lay as well. You like your time to go till eight o'clock or something. I like the time. I like the thing I like about the day designer is that it has um you put like your top three priorities and it's got, you know, it's a little bit bigger than the Emily Lay planner. But this one is a soft cover and it was twenty bucks. That's hard to beat. 20 bucks. Like, it made my day. Made my day. I came back and I told Lainey all about it. Because I like, I don't mind the hardcover planners, but they're kind of heavy and they're kind of bulky. And, you know, when you have the soft cover, it's more like a notebook. Yeah. It, but it, the layout is, it's, I'm so excited. It doesn't start till July. Oh, you have to wait. I have to wait. But it's okay because my Emily Lay one will be done. I've used that one for almost a year. And you're so prepared. You're like, I'm ready to go. Months early. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, um, thank you, Target and Day Designer, for, I don't know, partnering up. Emily Lace Planners are at Target, too. Who doesn't love Target? I, I don't know. Not me. Not here. <laughs> I love Target. <laughs> so, um, what do you love, Maggie? What makes you happy? <laughs> three day weekends. Who doesn't love Can we day? make those a thing? Sure. <laughs> I really did. Um, this Friday is Good Friday, and you're the only one that's off. So I was like, I'm taking off Good Friday, too. <laughs> we're going to go into New Orleans to do a crawfish bowl with my Oh, family. another New Orleans trip? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, that's because our office really isn't closed on Good Friday. I, and Aaron's like, I be he said, you're off on Friday, right? I'm like, no, babe. As long as I've been in the accounting profession, like, we don't get off on Good Friday. Yeah. It's before the tax deadline. He's like, oh, I thought you were. <laughs> Well, it's after our big deadline, and right. you know, my philosophy has always been take care of clients. I'm I'm actually not really off. I'm just not going to be working in the office because I've got to get ready to go to our beach trip. Yeah. So that's why I just I've got a lot going on, and it's Easter. It's not a paid holiday for us. Is correct. What I should say. Correct. Like, correct. But I don't think you know we've, we're done with our big deadline. Yes, I am thankful for that. So for the last three years had that flexibility all right we're going to go ahead and wrap up and again this episode is um a little lengthy so it would be great on a long drive or you know by this point you're already done with it so hopefully you've had a long drive that you listen to it and again follow us on social media and um reach out to us via our email that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode louisiana ladies podcast at gmail.com and hope everybody has a great week bye